<laughs> hey! <Yeah>. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. That's good. Thank you. So last time we talked, we talked about you starting a Kickstarter. I think we talked a little bit about some convention stuff. And we talked a little bit in general about just the life of an independent artist in general. And since then, you, I th- I'm pretty sure we talked before the Kickstarter launched. Yeah. I guess it was coming, it was going till the end of our first year of the pandemic. Okay. I've, after talking to you a little more in detail and I don't have a lot of artist friends. So most of it comes either from musicians or you. I don't yeah. know if I have another friend that makes a living being an artist. I may, and they're going to be mad if I totally forgot who they were and didn't give right. them a shout out. But I hear mostly people complaining about, oh, this, this print is 80 bucks. This print is 90 bucks. It's not even the original painting or the original drawing. It's just a printed out piece of paper and and it's 90 bucks. And then I got to take it and I got to get it framed or I got to buy a frame. I'm investing, you know, a hundred dollars into an 11 by 17 print. And I have a photographer friend that is so irritated by people being like that, that he won't even sell prints of his photographs. He's just like, you can buy, uh, I think he has like a book that you can buy like a collection, but he was like, I got so irritated by like friends or acquaintances that, you know, it cost me like a couple cents to take a picture and it might cost me a couple bucks to print it out. Right. But people seem to really lack the understanding of the amount of time that goes into it. And you don't just do comics. Your your bills don't get paid just from that Kickstarter. Right. So right. <laughs> while you're working on that Kickstarter project, yeah. you're also doing you know, generally you'd be doing conventions or you'd be doing commissions and shit like that as well. Right. Right. And you were just starting to kind of get into that before we hit the record button. But I think that some light shed on that could do a lot of good. Yeah, bro. Um, and it's one of those things, even when, when I'm, I stopped selling prints online for a while for that same reason, just, just because, and I would, you know, I would run into it at conventions where somebody would want to buy prints and then they say, you know what, I'll get them from you online. And I'd always have to stop them and tell them, well, listen, online, the price is going to be different. And, and you know, people would think that you're trying to hustle them and, and just convince them to buy. And it's like, no, I'm just warning you because when you go to the net, I have to worry about shipping, packaging, and trying to make sure, you know, it gets to you as, as safe as I possibly can, which we all know, mail carriers, no disrespect to them, but some of them like to wrestle packages. You know what I mean? They like to jump off the top rope and pile drive packages. So it's like, if you get it now, it's going to be at a better price, you know? 
and, and shipping changes all the time. So just shipping alone, I used to try to package everything with um, uh, extra pieces of, of cards of, um, I forget what it's called. Um, it's these boards I would buy in addition to the print, in addition to the packaging, and it would change the weight so much. And I wasn't charging for the weight of that change. And it was basically put me in the hole trying to ship things out. Because if I yeah. went up on the price, it would make it harder to even sell prints now. Like it's already a, at a weird place for some people. But people don't think about that print, that one print that they're looking at that costs whatever. And I've seen prints run from $5 on up to $150. And it seems to be like, it seems to be the level that people think the artist is at makes it justify for them to pay for the art instead of the art being what justifies them paying for the art. You know right. what I mean? If it's, a, if it's a Picasso print, you'll, you'll drop, you know, 500 bucks on it. Right. But right. If it's, if it's dude down the street, who like, maybe should, just as just good or better. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, uh, Leroy got a print. Mm. How much is he selling it for? Mm. Uh, nah, <laughs> you know, and, but they don't look at, a lot of people don't look at the time that goes into creating that, like you said earlier, that piece, this time that goes into it, there's years of whatever leads that artist to being who they are today to make that piece, you know? And sometimes, and we can't charge you by the hour for the print, but it, it's, it's trying to make sure that there's a value in the fact that your work is going out there for one. And it's trying to make sure that there's a value in having your work. You know, I've had situations where people are happy to spend whatever to buy something that's at Target or Walmart that's on canvas or printed out, even though there's thousands of them made. Yeah, like and Hobby Lobby. In the world has Shit, I got that, that Falcon back there came from Hobby Lobby. And that giant, that's almost, that's a 65 inch TV that it's above. So that's right. probably like a 35 at least a 30 canvas but yeah that thing cost me like 20 dollars on a black friday sale right you know and i didn't have anything to fill that space on the wall right and i was like oh like i hate i hate buying shit from hobby lobby i hate buying <laughs> shit from walmart or target or ross you yeah. know where it's just some bullshit on a canvas because i don't want to spend money on shit that a million other people have Right. Right. But and I know you're, you're very big on getting things that are a little more unique and you're very big on supporting creatives, too, which, you know, I'm always appreciative of because you you get it in a way that a lot of people. Uh, some people don't, you know what I'm saying? And we can say a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think people depreciate. Artists. You know, some get it. And, and then some are just like, well, shouldn't it be the same as this other run of the mill cookie cutter thing that I can go pick up wherever else? You know, I, I've had people com people compare markets like I can go to certain countries and get an artist to do this for ten dollars. Why can't you do it? And I'm like, listen, I don't know what that artist's situation is in the country that you're talking about, but that 10 may mean way more for them than it will for me here because I can't tell Duke Energy I did your 100-page book for $2 a page and this is why the light bill is run over. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a different 
thing. I can't tell somebody, I can't tell New York what I pay here in, in North Carolina for my mortgage or for someone's rent and expect them to care. If I'm coming to New York, then that's the arena I've got to function within. You know what I mean? But people are quick to degrade the value and just feel like, yo, I should just be able to get this for nothing. And then because it's so much easier to do copy and paste type stuff now, people are like, well, I don't need an artist. I can I can make my logo out of out of stock photo stuff. And and I have nothing wrong. There's nothing against that either because there's some artists who make their living selling stock things. But it's just that weird world we're in where Andre 3000 says something in a song about like, if I came to your job and took your, your I'm, I'm, par I'm paraphrasing, but like if I took the patties off of your grill and the buns and just started making sandwiches and didn't pay for them, you wouldn't survive. Like I'm taking, literally taking money out of your pocket. So why do you feel like you can just take what I create and just have it for whatever? And I don't, I don't need a wage that at least allows me to live so I can keep trying to do this thing that hopefully you you like you know what i'm saying like and and people just don't get the battle you know we we go through some people when they've got a certain name then they can stand on their rates and think nothing about it either you're willing to pay for it or not the numbers balance out you know if they've got eighty thousand followers somewhere in there someone's going to be willing to pay whatever they're asking and if everybody else doesn't want to it doesn't hurt them it would be good if they did but it don't hurt them but for those of us who aren't quite there we're constantly in a place of, I know I'm not overcharging because I know the time that's going to go into this, but how do I, how do I make sure others understand that? How do I make sure that they get it? Like, what I'm you, not going to. The standard print that you sell at the conventions that you have on the website, were they 11 by 17? Standard ones, yes. Standard? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at a convention, what do you charge 20 bucks to print typically yeah then I'll, I'll do like you know they buy three i'll do some kind of discounted yeah, rate for like getting three, three for 50 or some shit yeah something like that yeah i find it hard to believe that you run into people that think that 20 bucks is a price that they gotta haggle with you on for something like that because like, what what would they expect that to go for? If you're at a convention, you're not the only artist there. So as you're walking right. through, I don't recall, and I, I'm not a huge convention goer, but from the few I've been to, you're not picking up prints, even like coaster-sized prints for five bucks. Everything right. that you buy is at least like 15 to 20 bucks, no matter what it is. Right. Right. And like, I just bought uh, some dark souls related art from this tattoo artist that lives in England. And mm -hmm. he just does that shit for fun on the side, but it costs, it's, a, it's an 11 by 17 and it was 80 bucks for the print. And I was like, right. fuck. Like, I don't really yeah. want to spend 80 bucks on this. Right. But everything that he does is also he'll, he'll do the drawing. He'll, he'll print like 50 of them up and put them on the website. And when those 50 sell, 
they're done. Right. And he'll draw some other shit and put right. it on the website. So I was like, the chance to have like one of these. Like, yes. Yeah. That's cool. He, it's cooler than like people that buy the like a poster. Right. That like, like I can't stand poster. it when like you got a Star Wars poster. Like if yeah. this if this Falcon behind me had Star Wars written on it. Right. I'd be like, no, I'm not I'm not buying that shit. Right. Like I don't like it when it looks like some sort of promotional item or merchandise. Advertisement. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like it's gotta just be a picture. And I mean it's worth it just for that. But it's hard but again, to believe that people fuck with you over 20 bucks. I mean, but again, you you see it from a different lens and you understand it from a different lens, you know? And I eased back into putting prints back online as over time through the pandemic because it was like, okay, I'm not doing shows and some people are reaching out and wanting to get prints and things of that nature. So, and even that, just putting that stuff online, categorizing and pricing and little write-ups and all that other stuff, oh like it's God. time consuming as hell. It's so <laughs> like, fucking annoying too. All <laughs> I do with, with my shit is I got to write like a little summary of the episode and I got to click through a bunch of shit to get it posted. That may take me like, 10 minutes at the most mm -hmm. but then to promote it yeah i gotta like screenshot the phone with a little one minute clip i gotta find like a one minute clip that's suitable that's like a highlight and that doesn't right. have weird other shit in the middle of it so it's a cohesive right. one minute clip right and doing that i fucking hate it i can't stand it it drives me crazy to the point where <laughs> I'll notice it's been like two weeks since I've posted something. It's like, oh, I, I better go post the most recent episodes. Right. And man, I can't imagine taking like 30 drawings and like clicking to upload and then typing in a price and typing yeah. in what it is and then doing that yeah. over and over. And, and yeah. trying to make sure you got your weight and your shipping and your packaging set up and you know, all these other things, which I never complain about it because I, you know, I counter myself with, I'm happy to be in the position that I'm in and striving to put myself in a better place. But like, I, I had a conversation with a friend once and he was like, man, you draw comic books. Like that's the life. And I was like, yeah, but it's not what I want to be doing ultimately. And he was confused and a bit, angry at first because he's like what do you mean like yo you're drawing comic books and i'm like yeah but like todd mcfarlane is one of those guys that people you know they felt like he was the king one of the kings of comics during the 90s or whatever right and then when he when they built image and he stopped drawing a lot of people who loved his work were bothered like why why isn't he drawing comics anymore he should draw every day like this is what got him here and it's like, yeah, but maybe he didn't want to draw forever. Maybe there was a stage in his life where that was the only thing that mattered. But then he started to learn that he could do other things and he could open other businesses and he could find other people that wanted to draw while he, same with Jim and many others who were in those positions. And for me, it's always been a thing of, I love creating. 
comics just happened to be one of those outlets that helped me to get in the position to create and take care of my family. But it's always been the goal of ownership and establishing myself in a position where I can create more from a, a love of the art form perspective and just creating content and hopefully get other people in position to do the things that they love doing. Like there's somebody out there right now, all they want to do is draw a thousand pages a week. That's what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? And I would love to be in a place where I can make sure that they are financially accommodated and able to do nothing but that until the day comes that they say, hey, I'm ready to do this other thing. You know what I mean? I just love creating. I just love creating, whether it's storytelling, whether it's gallery work, whether it's concepts, whether it's actual books and pages. I just love the the, the joy and the art of creating and bringing and, and making things happen. But I can tell you, I can tell you what it is, why people say that to you, because it's people like me that have a vision of something yeah. that they would love to create and they, they can't make it happen. Right. I, I can't, I can't draw shit. I, I would love, I'm going to, I'll do this. I'm going to try to draw the logo that I want you to come up we'll with. About that that I see on my yeah. head. I'll draw yeah. it and I'll take a picture of it and I'll send it to you. And it's going to be the most embarrassing thing you've ever seen. But in my head, right? in my head, I can see like a perfectly colored, fully rendered t-shirt right. or, you know, painting. But when I try to put it down, it just doesn't come out. Yeah. And so when I see someone like you that can get that out, it's like, man, I wish that, I wish I was able to do that. I wish I had that talent. Right. And then you're like, yeah, I don't really give a shit about it. <laughs> it's like, it's like, no, man, like but we're dying for that. But it's, it's more, it's more like you love it, but it's just certain aspects of it that yeah. like when I was in the hip hop, I loved hip hop for the core of what it is, the ability to craft lyrics and storytelling and, you know, all these cool things. And then as I started doing events and shows and traveling, the business side started to weigh on the creative side, right? To where it became more of a burden sometimes. And all you really, I, I remember hearing people talk about Kurt Cobain. Questlove was talking about Kurt Cobain and how, from what he understood, he was definitely in a place before dying where he just wanted to go back to small shows, small crowds, and just that personal feeling of music, you know what I mean? And not that he didn't want to be comfortable and stable and do music, it's just the world that he was in compared to where he wanted to be. And I think a lot of creatives go through that sometimes. And then there's also that side when you start hitting roadblocks where you can't get the things in your head or the things that are described to you to come out right. And you're trying to figure out why, like why, why did the faucet run dry all of a sudden? You know what I'm saying? The one thing that I keep running into over and over, like since I was a kid, I don't really go through short phases of like six months or a year, but I'll go through big blocks of like five years where I'm really into one major thing. Right. And I will try to make like a career out of that. And the second that you try to make it a job or a career, all the enjoyment that you used to get from it just disappears. Yeah. So I, 
I mean, I got tons of examples. Just think of anything that you've ever done that you used to love until you really like committed everything to it. Right. And then you were like, Oh man, I'm like, I'm, I'm burnout or this isn't working out or this isn't fun. Like high school sports. All yeah. I ever wanted to do as a kid was yeah. just play football. I didn't want to play in the NFL. I just wanted to go to practice. I just wanted to play. Right. And the second that I hit high school, the coaches sucked all the fun out of it by taking it so seriously and being such yeah. assholes to everybody. And the other yeah. kids on the team weren't always people I wanted to hang out with either. Right. And it was like, ah, oh, like this isn't fun anymore. And then I work at GameStop and it's like, oh man, like I'm so sick of fucking video games. I'm talking <laughs> about video games. It's like, right. like I'm burnt out on this shit. I played less games when I worked there than, than ever. Yeah. So yeah. I imagine like, I love to draw. I love to create. I love to tell stories. And then it's like, I got to get this done by March. It's February. Like, uh, right. <laughs> right. And, and it's, it's one of those weird things. Cause you, you know, you hear some people saying you got to push through and you hear other people saying, take that moment. And I, I'm just, I became, I've become one of those people who is just like, look, if I'm not, if I'm not in a certain stable state, it's not going to be what it needs to be. Now I'm not saying I got to have like the utmost moment of inspiration to create and finish, but I started realizing I'm, I was draining myself in certain ways by trying to force moments that really just weren't there, you know, like I could create something, but is it going to be, what it needs to be so especially in the past year and, and deeply in the past few months I've I've forced myself to look at life just different from a different lens and say look your creativity used to be something that saved you and took you away from the problems of the world <laughs> now, now you know what I'm saying like, <laughs> so <laughs> we got to find the balance again you know what I mean and, and that's what I've been working on, bro, because I would find myself getting stressed out to where something simple, like just simple, joyful sketches in my, my, my sketchbooks that I carry around were just terrible. Like they were the, the worst things ever. And I'm like, yo, why is this happening? Like, what? Like, I can't even draw the stick dude right. Like one of his legs is way too long and wobbly looking and it's a stick dude. Like, why? You know what I mean? So I had to start fixing the energy i had to start fixing the state of mind and i had to start finding other things and and putting time into those other things and people the family and things like that even though i'm always for the family but establishing a different energy like my daughter has helped to bring a lot of joy back to the creative process because she's creating a lot of things but it's purely for the love of creating you know what I mean? And watching her and listening to her explain why, what she's working on and the world that she's building and just her thoughts about it. It's like, yo, that's it. That's, that's it right where, there. That's where all the good shit comes from. Yeah. It doesn't matter what if you're talking about music or movies or a painting. Like if you got till next week to do it because you got to pay rent and you just got to force it out. Like you're just gonna you're just gonna half-ass it. You're just gonna get it done because you have to. Right. But if you get that inspiration where it's like, oh, like 
you know, I'm into this and I, I got time to let it like breathe. I feel like, you know, I used to work with a bunch of tattoo artists Yeah, and people will come in off the street and they're like, Oh, I want to, I want a big fish on my arm. Right. And they'd be like, all right, like whatever, you know, sit down. And they, yeah. they pick one off the wall or some shit. Yeah. Like, I want this one. You would watch them do the tattoo. They were just spaced out thinking about some other shit. I mean, not right. that the tattoo turned out bad. It just turned out fine. Right. Then you'd right. have somebody come in that would be like, Hey, tattoo artists, like what kind of shit are you into? Yeah. And he'd be like, well, those are some things that I've been working on. What are you into? And they would have a conversation and find some common ground. Right. And you would see like a light in the artist's eyes. It was like, Oh, I'm, I'm into this one. Right. And as he's doing the tattoo, you can just tell like he's focused and he's attentive and he's having a good time. And it may be another fucking fish, right? But it, it's the fish that he wanted to do. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, Oh shit. Like this looks way better than the one you did yesterday that other guy yeah 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 man i think it's all about balance though you know especially when you're doing it as a as a as freelance or business you know the worst part for me is sometimes when i and you know this personally when people when i'm closer to people when they're my true friends it takes too long because i start overthinking the process sometimes <laughs> and but it's because it's like, I want that same, I, I want to put that energy that I put into my own, but I start overshooting and it's like, ah, did I just run straight past it? Like, I think I left it over there. I got to go back now. And, you know, but it's always because the other part of being a creative, I guess, is everything you put out there is a reflection or a voice or, or it's, it's you to some degree and you want to make sure it's right. Like you're always one because I, I look back, you know, you can never make everything perfect, but I look back at some things and I'm like, my God, I can't believe somebody bought that. Like somebody paid money for that. Yeah. Like what was wrong with them and me for even negotiating this, this situation? Like, you know, and you if you care about your craft, you really want to make sure that when something leaves the nest, so to speak, it's the it's, it's as great as you can make it for the moment. You know, of course, 10 years from now, I'll probably look back at everything and be like, that was terrible. Like, Sean was my friend because he saw I was crazy and he felt pitiful for me because this stuff sucked. Like, why? Why did anybody care? But you're always striving to do better. And I, I'll look at something um, like I started reworking the miles because every time I, I, I step away from it and come back, I see something that's like, that's just not right. Like I would have sent this out and his finger would have looked like that. Like, that's crazy. Like, and I'm sure you would have saw it and just been like, oh, it's cool. You probably wouldn't thought nothing about it if I didn't say, hey man, look how his fingers twisted right there. Like, that's stupid. Like that shouldn't do that, you know? But I'm seeing it and it's like fine tooth comb. Like, let's fix that. Let's correct that. Oh, this will be more exciting. And then of course, as you learn new things, you learn how to draw things from a different perspective or your anatomy increases, you, you start to see all the mistakes and you're like, my God, a chest can't do that. He's a spider dude, but he, a chest just can't fold like that. So let's, let's get that right now. You know what I'm saying? And so you, it's just 
it's a constant evolution of your craft, the cost to do what you do, the time you invest, where you speed up on some things and you slow way down on other things. You know what I mean? So, but I enjoy it all. Like I can't ever complain, bro, because I could be in a whole different place right now. You know what I mean? Like I definitely am always constantly aware of what my path could have been. You know, so I'm thankful to have that outlook more often. I really struggle with like comparing where I'm at to some imaginary where I could have been. I wish that it was easier to like, oh, like I'm not doing so bad right now because I always feel I see my friends that I went to school with and where they're at. Yeah, like I got friends that work for fucking NASA, man. Right, right. And I'll ask them, like, hey, like, how's work? And I got this one friend that can't talk about it. And he's not hes not in the military. He's not one of those dudes. It's like, you know, trying to be a badass. Like, oh, I can't discuss work. It could be dangerous for you. Right. He's just like, the shit that I do is, it's not dangerous. It's just I can't, like, talk. It's like top secret shit. Classify, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we went to the same school in the same class. And it's like, okay, like you're doing some outer space shit. Right. Sitting here, you know, shining a tire. Aliens and things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, he knows. But then there's sometimes I see people that I know financially are doing better than me. But like I had a friend yeah. tell me, even though his finances were in a certain place, he life in general just wasn't you know what i mean it's like yeah i got this and i have that and i'm doing this but i don't have anything else i'm miserable everything else is just and and if i lost this then i don't know where i'd be isn't that fucked up that you got like me on one end and that dude on the other end and we're both like i'm miserable (laughs) and i'm thinking all i need is some money Right. Because, you know, I'll, I'll, I truly believe this. The life that I have, aside from my financial situation, just throw me a hundred grand a year. My life is now awesome. Right. It would be, it would be really shitty of me to then find something to complain about. I don't need millions. Right. You know, but then you take that dude. And I imagine he probably just works a lot or has worked so much in the past that he's missed out on shit and you can't yeah. go back and do shit right. that you missed out on in your late twenties or early thirties. Right. And he just wants to do this shit, but he, he probably could do that. Right. Like I imagine I you so. could do yeah. a little less work or cut back or take a demotion but maybe not because maybe you've got your family situation. You've got a, a mortgage and car payments to a point where you can't cut back. Right. So you, yeah. you, you feel trapped. Like I got to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. you got to find that. Like you said, you got to find that spot where you're just. <sighs> it could have been it's worse. Balance. I hate to say that, you know, but like, it, yeah, it could always be worse. That's the, I guess that's the issue I have with that is like, 
I could take your, your scenario for yourself of where you think that you could be right now if you didn't have art. And I could take that situation that you're in and add something worse to it, you know? So you could be in that shit situation and we could still make right. that situation worse. So yeah. it's like, eh, well, I, I always say to myself, I, I always tell people it could be better. It could be worse and it could be better. And I'm going to strive for the better. Whatever, whatever that is, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and bro, I don't take it for granted at all. For me, I'm, I'm always just, I, I look around for a moment and I'm just like, man, like, and, and I think it's the same thing. Like I'll look at some of the people I know, some of them that are here, some of them that are um, locked up, some of them that have come home and had to kind of start from scratch. And I'm like, so I just look at situations sometimes where it's like, I didn't have to walk out of that situation, but I did. And since I'm still here, I need to, I need to be adamant about what I want to do and how I want to do it and, and whatever, you know, but. Is there something that you really want to do that you haven't got to yet? Oh yeah. It's like, a, it's like a solid solidified, like this is. I mean, aside from what you said, like just having the money to know that my mom is taking care of, my dad is taking care of, my wife and kids are financially, they don't have to worry. Like, of course, that's that's the primary for most people, right? Like, I just want to make sure it's my funny. people are good, right? And yeah. but on on just personal goals and the creative side, you know, I think every day I get to do something that impacts someone one or two people here and there in a, in a, in a good way with the art. And then like just personal list of things I want to check off, creating a TV show, creating, doing something that goes into a dope animation um, and, and putting a movie of a film of some sort out there. Like that's just three cool things that probably every creator thinks about, but like I'm, I'm adamantly, building towards in some form or fashion and then of course other cool things that i you know i've gotten to do a little bit but i want to do on a bigger scale like figures and vinyl collectibles well, you, and things of that you nature got, you got an action figure man got an action figure um we had a a, a, a couple of vinyl figures that we did a few years ago so now it's like for everything i accomplished i add five more levels to it like okay now i want to get some mass production done and now i want to get this made and you know what i mean so but i'm i'm also very very thankful for even being in the position like i i i, bro, I constantly look at things like hey my kickstarters don't make a million dollars but what they do make shows me that somebody cares somebody's interested and i will never forget my first kickstarter that made nothing my very first Kickstarter, 30 days of zero. That's what I call it. <laughs> like not, nope, not, even, thing, not even like your wife or your mom. Not even my wife, my mother. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I even thought one of my old nemesis might just just pledge just to say, ha, look, I'm yeah. the only one that pledged. <laughs> and 30 days, I watched it do nothing. <laughs> not even somebody that gave and took it back. And, you know, it was a lesson in it. And because of that lesson learned, 
I appreciate every time we do a Kickstarter, every time I would do a show and somebody grab a book or a print. So there's always that other side of it. You know, the people who do see it and support it and they down and they don't, they don't even think twice about it, you know, they don't see a, a difference between me and whoever else out there. It's just like, yo, this is dope and I like it, so I'm gonna rock with it. You know what I mean? Have you done so I, I, have you done animation? Like myself actually doing? Well, yeah, you said you wanted to do like a TV show or something. Have you done, done like sh short animated shit? Like, like really, really small. I've done, I've done more storyboards than anything for other people's animations. And then I've done like really, really small stuff for projects of mine that was like just, you know, like somebody walking or a quick swing of a sword or, you know, little, little, little frame by frame things like that. Um, or little promo pieces for a Kickstarter or something that was happening. Um, animation is a boy. It's comics a is ass. a lot of work, but animation is yeah, man. That's a whole other monster that I would. That's where I want to be on the other side, the creative director side, the putting the story together side, and letting people who are really, really efficient at at that that part do that part, you know. But it's definitely on the list of I gotta I gotta. I told my wife, bro, if we ever hit the lottery, you know, one of those big lotteries where it's like 50 million after taxes and fees and stuff. I said, baby, I got to take 2 million out to go overseas and make me a, a, a hell of an animation. Like, I, I don't care if it's only five minutes worth, <laughs> like 15 minutes, whatever it is, I got to spend that 2 million on that. So overseas, like, cool. where, where are you going? Either either Korea, France, um, maybe Japan or China, but you know, Korea, Korea is a heavy melting pot for a lot of animation studios. Um is there's France, a couple is France big on animation? Well, there's a couple studios there. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the board game and and I guess they had a comic called Wak Fu. Um there's a guy, I don't even know how to say his name, but he was like the lead artist there, and they have a whole team that handles animation for it's like a it's like a whole other movement that was happening in, in france and those cats were like some of the lead studios for that movement um and i love their style i love the style of work back back before they were doing a lot of flash animation which is not a common thing anymore i mean i guess some indies are doing it more but it's not common for a lot of the big studios but it was just brilliant it looked beautiful to me so they were on my list. I always look at the style of the art, and that's what draws me to certain studios. So they're on my list. You know, there's, of course, there's studios in Japan that are dope, um, but a lot of really, really dope stuff seems to have been coming out of Korea at one point. And there's, there's a couple, there's a studio in China. I don't know who, it's these two older cats that were doing this this animation. I don't even know the name of it. I just have to Google it and I'll and it'll pop up sometimes. And it was so incredible. I had made up my mind, like, I'm going to find these guys and, and I'm going to hire them to do what they're doing for this little piece on a big scale. But, you know, it, it really, at the end of the day, man, it's so much dopeness out there. Whatever the budget allows out of my multiple lists that I've gotten written down somewhere, like whoever I can get to and they got the time and, and I can afford them, that's where it's going to end up, at least the first one, <laughs> you Did know? You did you see that Star Wars Visions? On yeah, I did. I did. I did. Some of I those did. were excellent. And some yeah. of those were 
like just complete trash. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> there yeah. was one, the one with the kids in the band playing at like Jabba's uh palace or whatever. You remember that one? I mean, you probably blocked it from your memory. I'm trying to remember. Was it was it one of the bad ones? Was that one of the bad? Yeah, ones? it was one of the bad ones. And they had like a oh, song yeah, yeah, that they yeah, performed. Yeah, the rock, like the rock band. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that one was directly after the the black and white samurai inspired yeah. one. Yeah, it was like, how do you start with these two? Like, because that first one was like, oh shit, like yeah. they got something here, and then they followed it up with that like teeny bopper episode. I was like, that's. That was the most childish Star Wars content that I've seen. Like it was, yeah, it was yeah. surprising because I I watched some of that uh that new show that's like uh, Padme and Leia and Ray, and they're all like hanging out together. Have you seen that one? I have not. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember <laughs> what it's called, but it's you know it's for kids. Like, okay, not like, like how people say Star Wars is for kids. Like, this shit is for like, like it's really marketed like kids. for kids. Yeah. Yeah. But it's got like the, the strong female shit in it, which is cool. So right. I think that was the point to give it more of like a young female right, Star right. Wars. One of my uh, daughters paid attention to it because she hadn't said nothing and she'll probably love it. Even though she tends to watch dark stuff too. So I don't know. She might, she might clown it. I don't know. <laughs> What was what was with those murals that that you did? Oh man, the uh I think those things were like uh 18 feet tall or something like that. Or did or you did you have to go paint them or did they no. have some sort of computer program thing that like they uh, it out? Yeah, they did they did like old school wheat paste, so they printed them out on large sheets and um had some people come in and we paste them up like the old movie posters used to be done or the old propaganda posters would be done, but oh, they just okay. had them built to scale those walls. So, so it was like a, an 18 foot high piece of paper that they rolled basically. out onto the wall. Yeah. Well, so they rolled it out in sections and then they had to piece it together and build and layer it up. So That's it was, cool. it was, it was kind of cool. cool. Um, they, uh, They'll stay up there until they come down. <laughs> so the show is up until April. So if they if they survive the weather changes, they'll be up there until April. So that's pretty cool. Hey, like I've done murals before, but it's not every day. And I've had some stuff on billboards before, but it's kind of a different feeling when you can literally walk up to it and, and look up and your kids can stand in front of it and they're dwarfed by it. And it's like, wow, that's... Okay, that's that's a different different feeling, like, you know. And Have you done graffiti before? You ever tried that? Yeah, but I'm not. I wouldn't put myself in you know that that category really because there's cats who are really nice at at graffiti, and I'm more like I understand some basic principles, and I can, you know, use some aerosol cans to get a little bit done. But I'm not gonna come in there and do you know do you a, a masterpiece without having brushes and a few other tools on the some paint markers and everything yeah. else. But yeah, you I, those you know, dudes I had, in, uh, in Vegas that do the spray paint, uh, like eight by 11 pieces of paper and they use all kinds of weird 
cups oh, yeah. and tools and, like, and shit. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a yeah. galaxy. Yeah. Man, I tried to do that well. one time too. Just <laughs> <laughs> not not the sell. I was just like, I wonder if I can make one of these. And it was like, nah, that's not I'm not I'm not there. I'm not there. You know, I'm I'm not in that arena. But I think it's cool. Me and my daughter are trying like, I guess they call it poured poured art where you're like pouring paint into a thing and then you just pour it onto the canvas and woo, and then let it dry and see what it comes out looking like so we're gonna try some of those type pieces and see what they look like art is do, weird man do you do a lot of i don't i'm sure there's a word for it but i don't know what the word is i don't even know how to ask the question do you do a lot of art where you actually paint the art like traditional painting by hand or is it most of it digital stuff that you do because i know you like to use the what do you call the the tablet yeah the way that you use yeah cintiqs yeah i mean most of my day-to-day work is digital i used to hate traditional painting because you always had to clean up and that just sucks to me <laughs> like but it, i would you know i did some murals this year and it brought me back to having to do traditional painting more and whenever someone commissions canvas pieces sometimes i'll have someone who's like you know i'll offer them the option for me to do a, a part canvas print part traditional finishing and touch-ups of it um where I'll just take brushes and aerosols and go back over it and I, I guess enhance it a little bit to make it more unique. And oh, I do pull out. Shit. So you you print you print it on the canvas, but then you mm-hmm. go over it with with oh, acrylics. That's cool. Yep. That's cool. Yep. Something I saw it's, it's this cat named Fado. He was a graffiti artist and designer. He works, I think he works for like Sony or somebody now, but he used to do something like that with his work. And I thought it was just so cool. So I started doing it in my own way. Um, and it just makes the piece a little more unique. Um, but traditional painting, I think I would do it more if, if time allowed, or if I got commissioned for them more often. Um, my daughter paints traditionally probably two or three times a week and it's just relaxing for her. And so I've gotten back to watercolors for a little bit, which I used to hate watercolors with a passion. Yeah, <laughs> and so I I play around with those a little bit where I, here and there where I can, and I found that it is somewhat therapeutic. So I'll I'll jump into it. But my day to day work tr- typically is digital, man. Like clients nowadays, especially some of the companies, they could care less about your your uh, trueness to the art form. They're like, look, can you get this to me by Monday at twelve p.m. in a in a PDF or a PNG or JPEG? Yes, all right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, the traditional stuff. But but you still got to understand those principles to do the digital, you know, to some degree. You got to still have that base understanding. You get you get work from, like, advertisement agencies and shit, too? I haven't done anything with an ad company in a while, and I've been debating if I should put a new portfolio together to send to some of those companies. Um, but I do get people that have come to me and say, you know, we'd like to get you on our marketing team for this next project. We'd like to get you to come in and do some, some uh, concept work for how this 
marketing proposal might go or consult on you know how we can put something together from a street level for this or blah 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 so i do get those type things more often but i haven't worked directly with an ad, ad company in a, in a while and to be honest it's probably a lot more money in some situations when you go that route depending on who it is you're working with and and, and you probably get a lot more outlets because they you know they're already tapped into certain companies and they can funnel things right through but they also going to get their cut off of off of being the funneler as well so you know and they're going to give you real strict they're not going to be like hey wally like just draw some cool shit right most of them you gotta you gotta get this in there you gotta get that in there you gotta do it this way you know same thing like with packaging I've, i've got i've been fortunate to do packaging for some companies here and there which is not my specialty but you know, it just was something that fit at the time and, and I would get to do. And there's a lot of things you got to take in consideration, like the, the geometry of the packaging and what the brand is and what the brand stands for. And, you know, I, I remember somebody telling me when they first worked for Disney, Disney gave them these huge books. It was like the Bible for working with Disney. Here's the, here's the metrics for Mickey Mouse. The ears can't be bigger than this. His nose can only point out this way. His shoes, it was like all these different rules. And if you didn't stay within those parameters, yeah, you're going to have to do it again. <laughs> Start over, you know, so. Yeah, that sounds you know, like soul sucking. I'm sure. Well, I guess it, it's probably exciting at first. And then somewhere along the line, as you start getting the rejections from the editors, <laughs> that's where your soul starts to leave. And it's like, oh, they said no again. Okay. <laughs> That, that dude that said that all you do, you just make a living drawing comic books. Everything that we talked about has had nothing to do with comic books. True. Like you are, you're an artist, but you're, you're involved in like a very wide variety of ways to sell being an artist. You don't right. just have like a thing that you do like generally a tattoo artist like they just tattoo right you know right. you got like could you put a number on like the amount of i bet you couldn't i can't even ask that question it's All crazy right. to, to think about all the different ways that you being able to create some art can be used to make money or be used to just be creative. Right. Cause I thought like, Oh, you said you did some billboards. It's like, okay. So maybe like some advertisement shit, but you're like, Oh, but also like, like packaging some shit. Like you design some art for a box that something went in like, that's right. crazy. Yeah. That's cool as shit. That makes it sound a little more interesting because maybe on a daily basis, you're always doing slightly different shit. Right. Instead of drawing a page in a comic book. Right. But also, I guess, so the, the Kickstarter, we'll just say it's a little bit behind schedule. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that fair? We, we can safely say it's a lot of bit <laughs> behind schedule. Yes. But if I'm picturing that all this other shit is what you're doing to pay the bills yeah that drawing the comic for the kickstarter is something that 
maybe you got three hours on a Thursday night to work on it. Yeah. Sometimes like, cause I think I looked the other day cause I was looking at some other Kickstarter shit. It was like eight grand that the Kickstarter generated. I think on my, yeah, that last one. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you take the Kickstarter and it's been, I don't know, a year mm-hmm. since it was funded. Yeah. Like that, that eight grand was probably okay. sufficient to fund the comic in terms yeah. of printing it and mailing it out. Yeah. But, but that eight grand isn't paying your bills for a year either. And that's, that's the key. People don't realize, some people don't realize that part at all. You know, they see those numbers and they think like, oh, you're straight. But I'm like, even if it was going to bills, you know how long that would last? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. right. And, you know, with those books, they are very big books. You know, one of them was supposed to be 60 pages and it's, it's heading into 100 pages easily. And the other one was already set for 100 pages. So, but. That's the thing that I try to explain. And, and I think some people, you know, because Kickstarters are always, some people will deliver and some people have gotten screwed and they're like, man, I don't want to be screwed. And it's like, but it's, 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 it's the communication to make sure people know you are working on it. But it's the reality of, hey, the funds that came in, there were fees that went out, taxes, um, other products that were part of the, the merch and things of that nature. And then there's the cost of the books. No one gets paid off of these unless they hit a certain threshold or certain margin. And I'm never complaining about the numbers because they're good numbers in general, but I'm always wanting people to know, like, I still have to live during the process of doing these books. And like you said, sometimes I might only get a few hours this night. And then another time I'll try to schedule the work, the day-to-day work to where I might have a straight week of, all I'm doing is working on this book. You know what I'm saying? And then I'll come back and have two or three days and then I'll have a few days where I can't touch it. And, and you know, it's even for me, it's frustrating and depressing because I might be at a good place where I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get to this page, but I got to finish this other thing so that I'm sure that these bills are paid and that that's taken care of and blah, blah, blah. Now, if I could just do my books like there's a couple artists I know their books make enough money to cover, to pay them a salary and cover all production costs. And they can literally just take three months, six months, a year and only work on their books. And that's a beautiful place to be in because you go to sleep and wake up every day thinking about something that you created and you can literally just do that. You know what I mean? But on the flip, I can't complain about where I'm at. You always always throw that in there. (laughs) like like i can't you know what i'm saying like because i'm not going and punching a clock and doing something that i i extremely hate and then trying to get back home and find a moment here and there you know like i can literally work on a few things and try to move it around and and figure it out you know this kickstarter got terribly behind because covid just kicked everything in the ass including shipping and I spent six months fighting just to get t-shirts done. <laughs> like that was ridiculous. You know what I mean? Had, but you had so many different options with like, it wasn't just the comic. It was the comic. And then it was what uh, bookmarks, 
stickers, t-shirts, stickers, t-shirts, hats. I don't, I don't know if pillows were part of it, but you got, you got like home goods and shit now right? as well. Right. And it's like, you're the person doing all that shit. You don't, you don't have like a manager that's right. out there doing all this back end shit for you. Right. That shit's, I can't imagine how annoying it would be to have the shit that's not the focus be the yeah. shit that's causing the problem. Yeah. And then by the time I'm done fixing the problem, yeah. I would be in, I would be in no mood to go work on the actual product. I would be like, fuck, fuck this. Like I'm done for the day. Like that yeah. shit, that shit can wait. Yeah. I didn't even want to make these fucking like bookmarks, but y'all wanted them. And <laughs> now nah. it's causing this fucking <laughs> headache. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a, um, I had an issue with my website the other day where uh, I added Afterpay because, you know, some people want to use these options that allow them to put so much down and whatever. So um, we put Afterpay on there and not un unbeknownst to me, people were getting, they were placing orders. Then six hours later, their money was kicking back to them and they're getting a refund and an alert saying they're refunded. They don't know why. And this is just didn't get you weren't getting notified of it. I'm not getting anything. I'm completely unaware, oblivious. I'm just over here drawing and, ah, da, da. and then um, a close friend of mine, her and her husband had tried to purchase one of the figures and it kept kicking back. And she was so adamant about it. She tried to order it like eight times or something. Right. And so she I'm shoots a message like, yo, I'm trying to get this figure. I don't know what, like my card isn't even going through anymore. Like, like my bank is now like, no. So I spent the whole next day on the phone, emails, sending direct messages. Just hearing you about to talk about it is already making me annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, and the, the thing that made me so mad was the card processing company, the afterpay people, um, the, the site that I host, the e-commerce the, the e on, everybody is blaming everybody. I don't even write code. I used to do a little coding. I'm having to look into the code to see like, yo, what is the problem? What's going on? And then I'm trying to send code to people. People are sending code to me. And I'm like, wait, I don't even read good enough code to be sending anything to me. You guys talk to each other and let's just get this straight now. You know what I'm saying? Like I had an order for $475 worth of prints, bro. That got refunded like three times until the person just, and I can understand like, you don't want to keep putting your information in and, and it's kicking back and you don't know, like, is it going to come you back don't and really charge me? know where that information's going either. Right. Right. So, but you know, thankfully the, the guy who, who, who did it, um, once I got it straightened out, I I reached out to him directly and told him what was going on and, and, you know, told him the monetary thing, make sure there was no problems. And he came back and placed the order once everything was functioning. Right. He played, he actually placed a bigger order than he had placed before, but it was just one of those things where it was like, damn, man, I don't feel like this is not what I woke up to do today. I had a, I had a plan, you know what I'm saying? And I had to do this. And, and now every day I make myself check to see if it's happened again, just in case something got out of whack. And it's like, I shouldn't even be having to think about that. Like, that's the beauty of, should I just take after payoff? Because it seems to be the problem. Everything else was working fine, you know, but it's part of the, it's until you build up a team, and you can afford to build up a team to, to handle those things. It's just what you have to do. You know, you have to wear all those different hats 
and make sure everything is running as smooth as possible, man. You see those YouTubers that have um, maybe 200,000 followers or more. And you can tell watching their video for whatever the content might be. These dudes are just loving life. Right. These dudes have got no worries except for whatever it is that they're creating in that moment. Right. And they have an editor that they do the recording and they just hand it off to the editor and they're fucking done. And then the next day or two days later, they'll record something else and they'll pass it off. And you got smaller people that are like, Oh, like that sounds like YouTube looks like somewhere that I could exist. Right. And then you sit here and you make a 20 minute video on how to make tuna. Right. And because I did one of those, and okay. I went to sit down to edit it to make it cohesive and make it look nice and cut out all the dumb shit. Right. That took like like three hours. Yeah. And yeah. it's like it's like I don't want to do this again. Right. Because my idea was I'm gonna do like fun cooking videos or something like once a week or once every other week. But you know the video might end up being 20 minutes but it was probably two hours of i got to get these cameras i got to yep. set them up right got to make sure the mics are working with the cameras yep. got to make sure i got all my equipment is, is it a good shot is it a good angle right. is it bright enough right let me take two or three takes if I, something came out wrong so yep. i spent three hours making a video recording it that I want to edit down to 20 minutes, but that will also take me three hours. Right. So, so I got six to seven hours in this thing and I got to do it again, like in a couple of days. Yep. And oh, man, cause I also have to go to my actual job. Right. And I and also got a good, you might only get two people watch the first one that you upload. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. Exactly. And so I understand that, like that's what you must do to get to the point where you have 200,000 subscribers and right. you can pay an editor to just unload the shit on. But I don't think that the amount of work that it would take to get there is something I care about enough to put myself through. Right. You know, right. right. Maybe if I was 16 and still in high school and still lived at home, like I had all kinds of time back then. Yeah, I don't have that kind of time to invest now. If someone could guarantee me, like, hey man, like a hundred thousand people will watch this video, I'd be like, oh, all right. It would assume even if they were like ten thousand, maybe ten thousand people will watch it. Like, all right, I'll put, I'll put ten hours of work into that. Right. But fifty people watched it. Like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Hey man, it's, it, I think it comes down to what, what's passion and what's. I'm yeah, just that gonna... passion, that passion ends really quick when yeah. it starts to eat up at, you know, every minute of your time. You know, yeah, which you will. Maybe if the passion is, I'm sure that there's something that I'm passionate enough about that I wouldn't mind putting in the time. Right. You know, and maybe that's the thing you got to find, but so that's, go ahead. So that's the hard part. 
But some yeah, people, especially finding figuring, the out, thing. figuring out what is the thing. Yeah, my wife just wants to read books all the time. <laughs> I mean, she could. I there's this one dude. Well, I'm sure there's more than one, but I know this one dude that reads books on YouTube. And people watch it. Yeah. It's Does he have a, a voice it's a, or something? It's a, no, no, not, not, not at all. It's a non-cut video of just one camera on him. He just reads out loud and that's it. And he gets a couple thousand views on it. That's crazy. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like people will watch anything, man. If you can find a way to reach them. Right. Right. That's the key. That's the key. If you can get it in front of enough, again, I always use the Snuggie blanket as an example, if you can get it in front of enough people, you will find your audience that wants to support it and rock with it. That's it's it's a game of math, man. If you if you get like if you got a hundred thousand numbers wise, it don't take all hundred thousand to make it a, a, a successful thing. You know, you just need that good ten percent of that, and you're off to the races. Yeah, you know I agree what with I mean? you. You got to throw that wide net and build it up. That's the hard part, though. That's the I, I suck on Instagram, bro. I got two thousand followers. I feel like it's the greatest thing in the world to have my two thousand followers. <laughs> but then you look at somebody else that's got hundred and seventy thousand, and you're like, ah, woo! And they can sell out something. You know, I'm 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 struggling to sell a print for twenty to forty. And, and they're selling an $80 print. They sell out in five minutes from releasing it, you know, yeah. but it's the game of numbers. They, they, they built up their numbers, which I respect because they earned it. You know what I mean? But I'm just not that guy. I'm trying to figure out more ways to be more active, but I'm just not that guy to be super I'm, duper. Yo, I'm eating a bagel right now. Watch me do this. I'm mm. not that guy either. And I decided to try to create something that only can succeed if you are that guy right so yeah uh, so i just decided to let this be what it is and yeah. if it's if it slowly grows that's fine but yeah i can't i can't eat my bagel on film and tell you to go listen to my podcast it's just not it doesn't even cross my mind to do that and if it did if i planned like i'm gonna do this for this reason right i'd feel like an idiot doing it and i'd be like this isn't me like this isn't even what i'm trying to put out there like what i'm advertising isn't even who i am it's all like it's already right like right. kind of fake but you know what's crazy i still give a certain amount of credit to those who can because like you said when you gotta just imagine i've seen videos where people have like them making their coffee and like you broke down earlier i'm thinking about how many different times they had to position the camera to catch them putting the water into the pot and then and it's like yo did you make that coffee 10 times to get that those shots right yeah and, they do they do and how long did it take before you got to actually sit down and drink your coffee that morning like i bet they didn't even drink it man like it's probably just, not probably not it's just a couple hours a day to you know, we don't know what's going on behind the camera or behind the phone. 
Right. You could take a day and change outfits, change locations, and make like a month right. of right. Instagram clips. Yeah. And and just be done with it. That's what I you tell know? clients to do. I tell them when, people, when I'm doing things, and they're like, what should I do, Mark? I'm like, yo, find a couple of days where you can do nothing but put these videos and things together and just yeah. stockpile them. And then you can release them the whole month, yeah. you know, yeah. instead of so trying to find you don't want that shit week. on your, yeah. You don't want that shit on your mind all day long, every day. Like, Oh, I could film this. I could do this. That shit will eat away at you, man. It'll, it'll stress you out. I don't even want that. Like walking around like this. Yo, <laughs> so today <laughs> I, I, I just, I, but I, I, I think we come from an era where it wasn't as cool to be on the camera all the time. You know what I mean? Like you were more or less trying to duck the camera than be on it every, every chance. So I don't know. And maybe I'm getting, I'm getting too young slash old slash young and it just doesn't appeal to me. I don't want to yell at the kids to get off my grass either, but you know, maybe I'm just getting to be a too young of an old dude. You know what I mean? Shit changed. I mean, shit changes from every generation, but when you added the internet on to your phone, I think, you know, hundreds of years from now, if society is still kind of similar to how it is, because I, I imagine some shit's probably going to drastically change right. in the next like hundred or 200 years. But let's just say you look back in the history books and we talk about what was it like the industrial revolution or I remember they tried to teach us about the technological revolution. And it was some shit that happened in like the mid eighties with <laughs> like home computers. Right. And it's like, eh, like that was the precursor right. to the shit right. that we got in like the early two thousands. Yeah. When they put the internet on the phone, I just feel like that shit changed like human development like it, it it's, it's, it's over like it's it a whole did. new thing now so the jump from you know greasers to to hippies yeah, yeah but they're still just being kids having fun right like i don't know maybe that maybe that's an old man way to look at at the smartphone shit though Maybe we're just so out of touch, but it seems like it's really diverting. It's changing your childhood. Right. Cause sure. it was always the teenagers that were crazy. Right. <laughs> it was always the teenagers that were out of control. Yeah. But it's not the teenagers now. It's it's the kids that are fucking weird as shit. That's like, well, <laughs> we'll yeah. see what happens when they hit, you know. The Make class it about twenty thirty. Uh, like, let's see, yeah. let's see what's going on with them. Yeah, what's that? Eight years? Huh? Maybe a little longer than that. It's so. gonna be interesting. It's gonna be no. I think we'll start seeing for for sure. We'll we'll see some aspects of where it's going. If there's anything left. <laughs> yeah, that's my bet. My bet is that we're we might be coming to the end of it here in the next couple hundred years some shit's gonna happen well you know unless me and you have abilities that we don't know about if it takes another two or three hundred for it to happen 
we won't be here to nah. experience not it. My, so you know, not my worry. Not not to sound like I don't care about whoever's <laughs> here at that time, but <laughs> I, uh, is everything done for the Kickstarter besides the books? Did you finally get all yeah. the merch and shit taken care of? Yeah, I got. I finally got all that stuff done. I got all that stuff out there. Um, the only thing that's not mailed out, people who only had books, I still have like some of their stickers and stuff just because I can mail all that together. But right. every other item possible, sent, I sent out. Um, that's good. So now you, with the, you kind of just can focus on the book finally. Yeah, man. Like uh, next week, I'm I'm taking as every every time I, I shouldn't say this out loud because every time I say it out loud, then I'll I'll get a call for something else and it'll be like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But next week, I'm supposed to be purely working on the books. Like today, I was going through some basic stuff with the books and I had a smile on my face, bro. Like I feel so good about them. But then I started to think about how much more I had left to do. <laughs> and it was like, oh man, like, but I really feel good. I felt good about where things are, you know. Did I tell you another, I made a, me and the wife made a huge purchase, bro. I'm about to venture into some more work that I shouldn't be doing. I should have other people doing, but I can't afford to hire people. So I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> Did you buy like a tractor or something? I, I probably should. Cause uh, <laughs> the way, the way society is going. Um, nah, man, we, um, we decided to buy some, I used to do screen printing years and years ago and um, which was chaos, but fun. And after talking with her, we decided to buy some direct-to-garment equipment so that I could cut out some of the middle people with the process. So if the world goes into chaos again, at least I can get certain things done in-house, so to speak. So you can so be my merch man? I can. I can. Right. Perfect. I can. We spent the last month just making sure we understand how to run the equipment properly and, and get the best that we can out of, out of the equipment, which was another thing that a time investment needed, but I, I didn't plan for it. It was like, Oh, Oh, so, so it's not just press that and do that. And then that happens. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So let me learn this the proper way. Had to take, had to have some people from Epson come down and, and um, do a class with them and make sure we understood the equipment and all that good stuff it's a it's a hell of an investment but even if it's just for even if i only do so many things for others and my own merch it'll be worth the cost you know within six months to a year of what we put into it maybe less than that depending on how much how much i take on from other people but you know you get my you get my logo done you can make some shirts I'll yeah man for some shirts you started yeah. a uh your wife started like a candle business too. Yeah, bro. She um y'all are getting y'all are getting deep. You're just starting all kinds of shit. That's the problem. I told her we got to slow down. We gotta we gotta make something <laughs> properly successful before we add anything else to to the lineup. <laughs> it's exciting um, though to do your own shit like that. It is. So. It is and, and a lot of the stuff we're doing um ties into stuff that we like we burn candles in the house so if we can make our own scents and products and blend oils then it just gives us you know something else that we can do 
something that she enjoys doing. Um, we, we, we got getting back heavy into gardening just because we need food and it's also something to teach the kids and pass down to them. So it's just these different things, man, that make sense. We just got to make sure we figure out how to, how to not let it become more of a headache than, than what we set out for it to be. You know, the hardest part, bro, is trying to get, we were trying to build family businesses, but it's hard to get family to see the vision of the business. Even if they see something successful, it's still scary for people to jump in and be a part of something from the ground up. You know, I can't as get much people that I've known for 20 years to give me <laughs> a dollar a month on my Patreon, man. So <laughs> like, I right. know that pain, like I never would have imagined that it would be that difficult. So yeah. if we're talking about like, Hey, family, like invest actual money and let's do this shit together. Right. That sounds like, yeah, that's going to be a hard sell, but like, Hey, best friend, can you give me a dollar a month? And they're like, no, nah. right. <laughs> like, can't do I it. Can't. <laughs> but yeah. I'll, I'll give it this, this other person that I don't really know at all, but they just seem great. So I'm going yeah. to do it. Yeah. A matter of fact, I'm going to give them $20 a month. <laughs> yeah. It's, but as soon as you start breaking through, Everybody knew you win. Everybody, and it's never like, oh, I'm gonna succeed so I can look at you funny and say, oh, you didn't support me. But it's just the reality of understanding. That's how a lot of people just function, man. And it's it's sad, but it is what it is. And you just gotta look past it and keep doing what you're doing regardless, you know. What's the either the singular worst experience that you had with a I don't know, a customer at a convention or the most recurring, uh, like shitty thing that a customer does. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. So I, I worded uh, that really poorly. Nah, general customer, terrible thing is one of two for me typically what i end up i've dealt with here and there um either somebody saying i love your style i want you to draw my blank well let me not, not say blank because people might insert something weird i want you to draw my my, my <laughs> book or something and then they hire you you start doing things and when you send it to them they say no 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 i want it to look like disney want to do like Disney and you're like wait wait so, so you saw my work and you loved my work but you expected me to draw Disney yeah I'm I, I don't know I'm I'm apparently you didn't see my work because you would know I am absolutely the furthest thing from Disney you know what I mean people will and commission you to do an entire book I've had that happen bro someone they came have in the, they have the story and they have the letter everything they want you everything. to draw it but they want me to they don't tell me in the in the midst of the conversation they want me to draw it like the prince and the frog or cinderella they're just right. like i love what you do i think you're amazing how much do you charge blah 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 we work out all the schematics then i start sending samples once they make the deposit and it's like oh no 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 this would be cool but no i want it to look like that and it's like 
what i can't you just do that it's like no isn't that a massive undertaking for you to you're basically co-creating a comic with someone but it's someone you just met at a convention or or they got my information online or something yeah bro i got i got four projects that are in negotiation right now for next year um some of them just covers and a couple of them are full-on graphic novels um that 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 people have now thankfully these are people who really do like my work and so they 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 absolutely are coming to me to draw like i draw but yeah they want you to draw their story yep Mm -hmm. some of them i'll be doing concepts from the ground up and some of them they already have the characters designed and they have visual representations of them they just need pages done i didn't even know that was a thing oh yeah oh yeah i thought that like you know like a guitarist and a drummer got together and created music right right it's more like a studio musician where it's like hey just come play on my album oh yeah lots of that now and sometimes from that births relationships that become long-lasting long-standing right, right. but yeah man you know a lot of times it'll be they like your work and that starts the conversation and if they vibe with you as a person that solidifies the other side in, in a lot of okay i did have one client i never talked to him until the project was done i talked to his his lawyer <laughs> the whole time like me and the lawyer became really cool because anything that had to be passed along, the lawyer was the one that would reach out and say, hey, he loves panel two on page four, but could you change the smile to a frown? Cool. And, and me and him just built the dialogue, but the actual writer of the story, I, I talked to him maybe twice through the whole process of doing like a 40 page book. Holy that was it. Shit. Yeah, but he paid on time. Nothing was ever late. Never a whole lot of problems with anything. It was a beautiful experience as far as that part, but it built no relationship with him at all. <laughs> Do you care at that point if someone's paying you to draw it? Do you um, care if the story is trash or if it's good? Oh, yeah, I do. I do. Okay. I mean, I've taken stories that I didn't necessarily like, and I learned real quick, man, you're going to be doing this for a little while. You might want to like it a little bit <laughs> or it's, it's going to be hell, but and it's, you know, it's hard to be like, I'm, I'm going to turn something down when you know this could be something that helps pay X amount of months worth of bills or, right. or money to put away or whatever. But that mental side, that misery of doing something that you just know, even if it's a good story, but you just know you have no interest in it. And you're like, am I really the best person for this? You know what I mean? So I've come to a place where I try to only take those type projects if i can find something in it that's either a challenge that i enjoy or that i know i can bring something to the table with it that will hopefully add to what it is you know but i have turned down some things just simply because it was like man that's just really not i'm not gonna i'm not the guy for that i'm not gonna do a good job with that like i'm not even into that at all like you can keep super burger bun guy. I'm not really wanting to do that one, you know? Um, but it, it's, it's, it's cool when people are willing to come and hire you because paying for page rates, one book can easily run four, 5,000, you know, just for the page work. 
Yeah. I was slightly, I was slightly running some ideas in the back of my head while you were talking about it. And then you said $4,000. <laughs> well, you know, with you, with me and you would always be different from that, but. And on that sounds at, cool as shit. Cause that would be a way for me that can't draw. Yeah. I can write a little. Right. That'd right. Cool. I had no, well, yeah, I mean, that I mean, you know, me and you were, me and you were kind of testing the waters with, with that experience for the character for one of the books. Like we, you know, we, we, Oh yeah. My, had, my, my superhero. Yeah. We had a cool dialogue and you came up with something that was pretty, I think it's going to be pretty, pretty dope in the book at that moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, the collaborations are always cool, especially when it's somebody you can, you can vibe with anyway. You know what I mean? Are conventions back up and running in general? A lot of them are. Yeah. Um, some of the super, super big ones, I, I guess are, we're holding out for next year to really, really get back into the swing of things. Well, shit, that's like two weeks from now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, not even. A week, yeah. Yeah, fuck, that's crazy. I'm, I'm still waiting to see how some of the, the really big ones early next year, whether they're going to happen or they're going to fall back. But, you know, everybody's got their protocols they're trying to follow. And I've seen it hurt some of the shows. And some of the shows are still super good, apparently. I'm personally still holding off to maybe right around the summer to see how things are going. Yeah. I think COVID has taught me that I can still survive even if I'm not at a convention every weekend. Whereas before it was like the conventions were my network. They were how I, I interacted, how I kept extra things rolling and, and, you know, whatever, whatever. But it was also tiring, bro. You know, traveling, lugging your setup. Fuck yeah, and I was yeah. doing... At one point, I was doing probably about 40-something shows a year, easy. And it's like almost every weekend. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, and it was lot. taking a toll, man. So I started cutting back slowly. And right before the pandemic, I was asking myself, like, which shows, which shows matter the most for me to make, you know, I've got a connection with the, the city, the people. Which ones do I stick with and which ones do I kind of rotate? A good friend uh, at Rebel Base, Troy, was telling me, like, man, you should just rotate certain cities. Like, some of them you do every year. Some of them you rotate every other year just based on the vibe. And I was planning that, and then COVID hit. Hey, man, I'm not going to – I don't know what life is like out there, man, but I, in my mind, I just be feeling like it's very peaceful there. And, and I don't know if that's true or not. It's very peaceful and very Republican. So as long as you can make peace with that side of it. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not South Carolina Republican. You know? <laughs> right. So right. There is a slight difference. It's also weird because in my town, no exaggeration. There's probably less than 20 black people in this entire town. Right. And there's probably less than 20 Asian people. It's maybe 60% white and 40% Hispanic. But there is never any sort of like clash between like white people and Hispanics. Or there's never any fucking marches or demonstrations. It's just like you might get the occasional like 
oh, the Mexicans are lazy. Right. But people will actually shut them up because so many people here work right. with Mexicans that work right. their ass off. Right. That they don't just laugh along with it. Right. They'll be like, man, the hardest working people I have on my crew are like Hispanic. Right. So, but it's weird, man. It's, I would love for you to be able to come out here and check it out one day. But if it was like, Hey, come for a convention, like we don't have a convention. Right. <laughs> I would feel pretty shitty if you came out here and you're like, man, I just felt weirdly uncomfortable the whole time. Cause I don't know. Maybe you're used to that kind of shit. Maybe yep. this was a weird subject for me to try to talk about, but I would hate for you to feel like, I don't think anybody would be, a, would be a dick to you. Yeah. But it's not like people would even be like, Oh, a black dude. Like, let me lock my door. Right. Let me clutch my purse. Right. It It's almost like, Oh, what a novelty. Right. Right. Like if you were a single black dude, I'd tell you, man, you got to get out here because there's a line <laughs> of white girls that have never slept with a black dude. Right. Just right. Ready at any moment. Right. To, to see what it's like. Yeah. But I've heard, you know, some people take advantage of that and other people are like, this is kind of fucked up. Like you just are into me because I'm a black dude, not because of me. Right. Right. It gets pretty deep the more that you try to dissect it, but no, nah, I mean that 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 uh, that world doesn't sound as bad as some that I've been in. <laughs> okay, yeah, if, if you compare it, if you compare at, it, at yeah. all, you know, I, I'd rather be somewhere and I know for the most part what I'm dealing with than somewhere where it could come left, right, whatever, and you you just know like this ain't the place to be. It, it will it, not you feel might have like to that. do something. Yeah. Okay. It would not feel yeah, like that. I mean and and it's a it's a it's one of those worlds like people look at Dave Chappelle and the town that he lives in, and they're like, why would Dave go there out of all the places that he could be? And I Where think in some part. Um I forgot. It's like a small it feels like it's similar to what you're talking about. Okay. Um but I think it was it was mainly because there was a certain peace amongst whatever other chaos there is to it. You know what I mean? It's very spacious like that. Like shit here isn't built right next to each other and it's not built on top of each other. You can right. see like like the mountains that are two hours away. I can walk out my front door and see them. Right. Because there are no large buildings in the Nothing way. Blocking it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I don't I don't like horses. I don't I'm not into farms or any of that shit, but that is just everywhere. Right. But but it's not dirt roads. You know, it's it's not like off-roading to drive down yeah. the street. Yeah. We have normal paved streets. There's probably 20 different, you know, stoplights. Right. But really, there's probably just 20. Right. So it's, it's fucking weird. When I first moved out here, I mean, I hated it coming from Columbia. I hated it, Yeah. but I stuck it out to go to school 
And then after being in school for a couple of years, when I went back to Columbia, I was like, Oh fuck. No. Right. Like, no, no, no. Like I do not want this traffic dude for me to drive from my house to Walmart is the length of the town. Walmart's at the very far end of the town. I'm right at the front end of town. Right. It's a seven minute drive to Walmart. Peaceful it's drive. So nice. Yeah. Peaceful. It's one road from my house to Walmart. It's it's nice. It's peaceful. It's simple. If I got to go to the DMV and go to the post office, shit that would take me three hours or four hours in Columbia takes me like 20, 30 minutes. Right. Right. I have so much extra spare time. I think that's what I'm looking for, bro. If I'm being honest, like, but you know, I, I take my wife and kids in consideration all the time, but I'm just they looking for simple. 